Hello and welcome to the Feeling Good Podcast. I am your host, Fabrice Nye, and joining me here in the Murrieta Studios is Dr. David Burns. Hi, David. Hi, Fabrice. Dr. David Burns has been a pioneer in the development of cognitive therapy, and he is the creator of the new team therapy. He is the author of Feeling Good, which has sold over 5 million copies in the United States and has been translated into over 20 languages. He is an emeritus adjunct clinical professor of psychiatry at the Stanford University School of Medicine. Welcome to episode uh, 78 of the Feeling Good podcast. This is the fifth in our series of uh, how to boost your happiness. And uh, before we get into the meat of the subject, David, uh, um, first I want to tell our listeners that uh, if they hear a pitter-patter background noise, it's because it's uh, raining pretty hard today for a change. You know, we're getting some, uh, some rain in California, which we badly need. Uh, but at the same time, it, uh, it has an influence on our recording. It reminds me when I was a kid growing up in Phoenix, we had sunny days 90% of the time and yeah. beautiful winter weather. And yeah. I remember I used to love it when it when we had a gray day or when it stormed because it was so rare and it made yeah. me feel so happy and when it was all blue skies i'd feel kind of discouraged yeah <laughs> but it was i just i love a good yeah. storm so we're really blessed with some some rain and i hope it i hope it keeps up well, especially in phoenix you know when it's blue skies it's also pretty hot <laughs> in the summertime oh yeah yeah it was like 110 in the shade in the summer and there was no shade Two summers I did construction labor when I was in college. Yeah. Pick and shovel work yeah. out in that hot, hot sun. Holy moly. <laughs> uh, but I loved it. It was actually very, uh, really fun for yeah. me. Um, we, uh, last week's episode uh, was uh, with the participation of uh, some people from the Tuesday group. And uh, we've had a lot of very you know, positive uh, feedback from this. Uh, people loved it. I think that uh, it introduced uh, a little bit of uh, variety to have uh, uh, some of your students. And then uh, Jacob, who was uh, fantastic in, in his facilitation. So yeah, uh, I want to thank again Eleanor Scott and Lita Charlin, who, yeah. although they're therapists, they're, they're students in the class, yeah. and they volunteered to do the role-playing and to to make mistakes, which is, is, is the only way to learn the five secrets and to have those mistakes pointed out. And they have a, a, a real fan club now, I think, Eleanor yeah. and, and Lita. And it's one of those paradoxes when you, you we always want to hide our errors and our screw-ups yeah. and, and our failures. But when, when you share that in, in the spirit of humility and learning, it really wins people's, uh, wins people's heart, hearts over. Yes, absolutely. And... Uh, um, I wanted to say something about this Tuesday group because, you know, uh, several years back when I read about your Tuesday group, there was this article in Stanford Magazine. My thought was, oh, it's it's only for psychiatrists or maybe for psychiatry students because it was at the psychiatry department at Stanford and so on. And it's only was later. Was that how you first learned about me in the group? Through that article in Stanford yeah. Magazine? Yeah, oh, yeah, wow, yeah. No, that, that was a really good article. Yeah. And it was some, from somebody who was not one of your students, who was not a a, yeah. a big fan necessarily. Yeah, a writer. <laughs> it was, yeah, a it was not sycophantic at all. Yeah. It was just, uh, you know, pure reporting. Yeah, that article, as it turned out, is one of the most, uh, maybe the most read article ever in the history of Stanford Magazine. 
You're kidding. No, really, yeah. Well, that's what brought me to you. And at first, I, I did some um, training with uh, some of your uh, you know, advanced uh, students, trainers. And because uh, I didn't think I could join the Tuesday group. And, and then I learned that I could I, just as a clinician. Maybe you want to say a few, a few well, sure. what are the requirements for people who are yeah. in the area who yeah. want to join it? Yeah, the, uh, the Tuesday group is Tuesdays from 5 to 7.30 at Stanford in the Behavioral Sciences Building on Quarry Road. And the group is open to community therapists. Uh, it, it's free of charge or, or graduate students in, in some kind of yeah. uh, clinical psychology uh, program or PsyD program yeah. or clinical so, so, social work. Uh, uh, you have, even have some medical people. Oh yeah, yeah and your, we yeah. have a separate group on Thursdays for psychiatric residents. But like uh, you, you had, uh, I remember uh, Mark is uh, what is he? Is he? Uh, well, Mark ortho- is a, is a, ph- a physician, a physician, uh, yeah, an obstetrician. So yeah. uh, sometimes we get me- medical people yeah. and uh, re- researchers and, and others right. and students at Stanford. But they can you, they can be students a- anywhere. Right. A- anyone is welcome. Welcome to come, and I'll try to put a, a, a link to it. It's free of charge, but you, there are some requirements. You have to come three days out, three weeks out of four on right. average. You can't. It's not a drop-in group right. because it's it's a tremendous training group with yeah. curriculum and and things like that. Um, uh, you also have to purchase and be reading the psychotherapy ebook, right. Tools, Not Schools of Therapy, and I actually have a link to that on the write-up. Yeah, uh, for for this, uh, this this podcast, and also you have to be using the toolkit and agree yeah. to get measurements from every session, yeah. from every patient, so so you can find out how effective you are or or, or aren't. That, yeah. That's a not negotiable right. re- requirement. But I know we we had a, a little tizzy about this, you and I, for, for several months on yeah. You were thinking that they. The assessments wouldn't wouldn't help, but but they really they, they, they make all the all the difference in the world. So that's that's a nice. And there's one more requirement: people have to do their homework. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, try the techniques with patients. Be reading in the ebook. Some sometimes you know various homework between sessions, just as homework is crucial for our patients who want to recover from depression or anxiety or troubled troubled relationships it's equally vital yeah. for for therapists and the therapists who have come to the group and really worked their butts off and thrown their hearts in, into the process yeah. uh, have have uh, many of have have blossomed just into world class uh, therapists and so what what can people do if they're interested in joining the Tuesday group well um we have a greeter, uh, Sarah Spurdo- Spurdo- I'm not sure I'm pronouncing her, her name correctly. Well, I won't say it on the air anyway for her privacy. But it, I would say to email me, david at feelinggood.com. Uh, feeling good is one word with two Gs in the middle. And I can put you in contact with okay. Sarah, the greeter, and she'll send you the consent form and, 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 and explain all that. I'll probably put a link to it on the show notes yeah. as, as well. Uh, and I'm, I, and we might try to link to that Stanford Magazine article, put the yeah. link on the, on the show notes. Oh, that would be a great idea. And, yeah, maybe can, people can go and still read that article. It got yeah, no, it's still response. online. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, well, a couple other yeah, things yeah. Here. When they do some housekeeping, you have some workshops coming up. Well, yes, I've got two cool upcoming workshops and I finally after six months of procrastination I applied our anti-procrastination podcast <laughs> to myself and just this morning updated the web the, the workshop page 
and one on May 20th of 2018 is one I'm going to a one day workshop I'm going to do with with Jill, uh, who I teach with Dr. Jill Levin at Stanford, and she's just totally awesome. And it's called Advanced High Speed CBT for the Treatment of Depression and Anxiety. And uh, that'll be a one-day workshop, and you can also join online or come in person to, to Palo Alto. Okay. Uh, it costs 135 bucks. You get six CE credits for it. And one of the neat things about it is that it's, it's mainly for therapists. Sometimes general public types kind of sneak in, but it's, 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 it's yeah. geared for therapists. And therapists have insecurities just like anybody else and, and feelings of depression no. and, and self-doubt. And so one thing that uh, Jill and I will be doing in the afternoon of this workshop is helping the therapist to come with their own insecurities and self-doubts. And we'll be using a powerful technique called externalization of voices with acceptance paradox and, and positive reframing. And typically about two-thirds of the audience uh, who, who are, will use these techniques on your own ne negative thoughts, like I, I, I should be better than I am or I'm more screwed up than my patients or whatever your, your negative uh, thoughts are. Uh, and, and generally about two-thirds of the audience will actually go into a state of enlightenment, which means not only a total elimination. So it's a spiritual workshop. It's, yeah, it's psychological, but there's a spiritual com component. If you look at it psychologically, you call it total recovery. But if yeah. you look at it from a spiritual perspective, it's joyous enlightenment and 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 letting letting the self die. Yeah. The, you know the kind of great death. So that that's a that's a good one there. Yeah, and so then, that's in May. Yeah. And, and then, but even sooner, March twenty two and twenty three. 2018, yeah. Yeah, 2018. I'm going to do rapid recovery from trauma with J&K seminars in Lancaster, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. That's a two-day workshop, and okay. I, it, it'll feature a live demonstration the evening of day one with an audience vol volunteer. So that should be a good one. And uh, I have links to both of these on, on the show notes and uh, for today's podcast, and I want to encourage listeners you pointed out, Fabrice, we're getting like 40,000 downloads a month roughly for, yeah. for our podcast here. But uh, only a small fraction of people are going to the show notes uh, at yeah. www.feelinggood.com. About like 1% of people, you know. Um, Is it that bad? 1% oh. or 10%? No, it's more like 1%. If you look, then... then wow. Number well, of that, people who don't, yeah. And, and they, we, I, I do a lot of work uh, doing show notes for every show, including today's. And today's you'll find many downloads, uh, PDFs, that will guide you as you listen to, to, to the show. It will make it a much richer, richer experience yeah, for I, you. I think so. I think that, you know, when we talk about the show notes... People should not just disregard them because if this is something they want to retain, they should you know, read the notes, uh, download the PDFs, um, and uh, look at the, the worksheets that we're, we're talking about uh, yeah. on the air. Now, another um, thing I wanted to, to mention here is that a lot of times people are writing to me saying, oh, who could I go and learn, learn to do this? Uh, Team CBT, where could I find a Team CBT therapist? And if you're in the Bay Area, we've got one right here, Fabrice Nye, yeah. who's a fantastic <laughs> therapist. We've worked together 
Uh, My office is in Redwood City. Yeah, in Red Peninsula. Yeah, absolutely. And and perhaps I can put that in the show notes too. Or sure. what's what's your website or what? Where? Um, it's uh, drny.net. Drnye.net. It's not a very good website. Drnye.net. I've had so, some. Uh, um, hack attacks recently that oh. infected my WordPress. So, oh, uh, terrible. I'm sorry to hear that. Maybe I better get better security on my website. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's something important. And um, I think, is there anything else we need to do b b before we we dive? Oh, I, we, we've had some beautiful endorsements lately. Hmm. And and uh, I know you're oh, yes, too right. modest, Fabrice, you generally don't want to read these, but I'm, I've been saying read well, three or uh, four of them because they're very inspiring. Yeah, yeah, just to see how uh, this is impacting people. Um, here, this is from Jan, who uh, said, I just wanted to comment that I've been procrastinating for years on deciding to start studying for a certification exam in my industry. I'm pleased to say that I finally started studying this evening after listening to this podcast and using the anti-procrastination sheet. I told myself I can easily start studying for only five minutes. All I need to do is just read a page or two and then quit immediately after the five minutes are up. I ended up studying a full 60 minutes, one hour of quality study time, and took some good study notes in the process. The task's actual difficulty turned out to be twice as low as I predicted, but my actual satisfaction turned out to be three times higher than predicted. Really felt nice to get started. Also, I didn't feel guilty at all about breaking the five minutes rule. Smiley face. <laughs> I hope to be making uh, to keep making positive progress toward taking this certification exam. I know I'll get there. Many thanks. So you know. Thank you so much. So much. It's nice for to that. feel like you know we're being useful. Yeah, um, that's a good one too. Read, read, read that one. Um, this is about uh, facing a fear. Um, that was one of the. Uh, third podcast in the in the five on yeah. boosting your happiness and uh, this person says i love this podcast and as someone who has had a lot of anxiety and phobias your talks on anxiety are my favorites there'll be more coming you know never tired of talking about anxiety i love that you share your fears and self-doubts david that has given me the courage to do so as well Self-disclosure has enriched my life and strengthened my relationships because when I make myself vulnerable to others, they open up and share their vulnerabilities too. Facing one's fears really can be a transform transformative spiritual experience. I was watching a biography on the famous St. Francis of Assisi this morning. He had a fear of and repulsion toward lepers. The turning point of his life was when he faced his fear, met a leper, got off his horse, and kissed the leper on the cheek. After that, he had his followers spend their lives serving lepers and other social outcasts of the day. Francis said, what, was I thought, what I thought was bitter tasted sweet. I think that is similar to what you call 200% recovery. The thing that someone fears can actually become enjoyable and life-affirming. I had that experience when I overcame my public speaking phobia. Well, what a beautiful yeah beautiful no note. it's it's very nice to to see this uh, i'll um I'll read one more uh, I don't want to um, bore our listeners with this but um this is from Phil he says uh, 
um, I've had a huge pile of clothes on a chair in our bedroom for months. Everest is smaller than that pile. That may be an exaggeration, but that must be how it feels for him. Uh, anyway, I wanted to use the anti-procrastination worksheet and see what would happen when I broke the task into tiny bits. And my predicted difficulty, and I'm glad to hear that people are usually u- using the sheet and doing the prediction. I think yes, it's wonderful. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, the task, you know, hang up the suit, put away folded clothes, fold slash match socks, etc., was between 5 and 25%. After I finished, my actual satisfaction scores were between 50 and 90%. Plus, I managed to even fold king-size sheets by myself, which I hate to do. Also, I found a hat that I've been looking for and some reading glasses. I also realized that I have way too much crap and will donate a bunch of clothes to the community center. All this because of your awesome podcasts, which are the highlight of my week. It's like amazing. So great. Can't thank you enough for all your time, energy, and commitment for everyone. What a gift you have. I will continue to spread the word and give my best to Fabrice. Thank you, Phil. Well, thanks. That That's great. Well, with all that, we're going to yes. dive, so, dive in. Without further ado, so um, this is uh, the, uh, the episode we're doing on self-esteem. And um, you're going to use as your, uh, as your um, thread... A video you did several years ago called Overcoming Toxic Shame and the Fear of Being Judged, the Story of Melanie. And this very video was recorded right here in the Murrieta Studios. Yes, yes. And I hope to make it available on my website soon. If you like this this <clears throat> podcast, uh, the, the, the video was commercially produced. We had two actual television photographers here. And uh, I had the chance to do some uh, actual therapy sessions and have them recorded professionally. And and this particular session was was just total blow away. And we'll we'll tell you a little bit about about it uh, today in terms of things you can do to to boost your your self-esteem and overcome negative feelings like intense anxiety and depression and, and, and shame uh, and, and so forth. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping some of you may may want to actually see the video because yeah. it, it is, uh, I think, one of the probably, I mean, I don't want to blow my own horn. I, I had two co-therapists, Jill Levitt and Angela Crum, uh, but I think it's one of the most beautiful, amazing therapy videos ever, ever filmed, and it shows... Uh, the mom- actual moment of recovery, which I think is perhaps was never captured on on video before this. Yeah. Also, during the session, she had a total relapse, and you can see it happening before your very eyes. Mm. And then a second amazing uh, re- recovery, and, and I'm I'm certain that's never been captured on video. No, that, that's great. I, I and I have to confess, I haven't seen the video yet. But I, I've heard so many people talk about it that I uh, I think it's a, an amazing example of how this works. Right now, to to just to set it up f- for you a little bit, and again, if you go to to the Feeling Good podcasts uh, on my website uh, for today's podcast, and and what is this is podcast seventy eight, and the yeah. the date is of publication is going to be like fifth of March two thousand eighteen. Uh, Click on the uh, blogs tab, and then I have five blogs, and this is the Feeling Good podcast blog, and and you can find 
find this one uh, th there, and, and there's tons of resources there for you on uh, on the show on the yeah. show notes. Now, uh, I, for ethical reasons, I, I decided to to work with colleagues who were depressed and anxious for these vi videos because we do personal work as as a part of what we do in the in the Tuesday training group. And uh, that's in a semi-public setting, and I asked if there were people in our group who, who would be willing to share their problems in front of the camera so we could make some great, hopefully great videos for, for teaching. And uh, I was surprised at how many people uh, vo volunteered, and one of those was Melanie, and she was one of the first videos we, we made, and, and I remember... Uh, Thinking, but before before the the video, I wonder what could Melanie possibly be anxious or down about because she'd been in our Tuesday group for two years at that point and yeah. and was a really neat person, very very beloved, and always looked you know as as, as happy as can be. Uh, she's a mental health professional, uh, highly regarded in, in, in the Bay Area. She was the head of counseling at one of the local universities, mm -hmm. also ran her own internship program for uh, clinical uh, social work students, and also has won many awards uh, in the Bay Area for her, her civic work. She, she's the kind of person who, who, who likes to help the underdog, pe people who don't have a lot of res resources, and and that that's one of the reasons she's she's gotten I think more than a dozen civic civic awards yeah. uh, f f for this. Uh, she was also the head of the uh, couples counseling program at her church. I, I think more volunteer work that, that that she's been doing, and so I'm thinking, how in the world could uh, could Melanie be? Be upset, and so today's podcast. I'm going to show you, uh, in a step-by-step -step way, what what to do when you're feeling up, upset. I have to say that the title of, of these five podcasts will be a little bit of a con for today's. These are five simple things you can do to, to boost your self-esteem and break out of bad bad moods. But today's, when we're going to talk about changing these distorted thoughts. Uh, it, it, it's, it's quite a big undertaking. But yeah, it's I not that it. simple. No, it's not that simple. In that fact, simple. last week was also a little bit of a con when we talked That's about, right. about yeah. the, the five secrets. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's simple to describe them, but not to put them into practice. We, we yeah. saw with those students of yours who were already quite experienced in doing this. Yeah. And they didn't get an A-plus at every turn. Yeah, or at all. You know, they... Yeah. they Still making mistakes with the yeah. five secrets, and and so this this one is is similar. I'm going to break it down, make it seem very simple for you, but but it it is a lot a lot to learn, and there's some resources too on on the website, uh, books of mine that you can read that will help you with this, like Feeling Good, the New Mood Therapy, the Feeling Good Handbook, mm -hmm. uh, When Panic Attacks, Feeling Good Together. You can get all of those on Amazon.com or my psychotherapy ebook, Tools Not Schools of Therapy, that, that you can order if you like uh, on the website, and you'll see a link to those things on on, on the website. Now, uh, the fir the first thing, uh, step one, and there's a download a PDF you can take a look at. Uh, I, I use something called called the Daily Mood Log, and you can probably take a look at it there, uh, February. Yes, I have a copy right here. Yeah, and and step one is always uh, to Focus on 
one specific moment when, when you're up, up, upset. Sometimes when people write to me about a problem, they want to give me their... Most times, in fact. Yeah, they want to give me their whole life history. Yeah. Uh, because people are used to thinking that re- recovery takes months or years of talking about childhood experiences. And this is a very different m- model where I, I, I can only help you for one brief moment of your life, like one five-second moment when you were panicky or ashamed or, or whatever. But the interesting thing is that all of your suffering will be encapsulated in that one brief moment. Yeah. So we can get all the understanding we need just by seeing what you were thinking and telling yourself and feeling at that yeah. one moment. It, it generalizes. And yeah, I, yeah. I like to say sometimes, you know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Yeah, and you can also think of it in terms of fractile geometry, yeah. uh, where, where you have one little formula that keeps repeating itself, and, yeah. and scientifically you can use that to create beautiful landscapes or birds, beautiful multicolored parrots, all from one tiny little formula. And it's the same with our lives. Our suffering is one tiny little thing that keeps happening over and over again. So if you download the the first download, you'll you'll see uh, Melanie's daily mood log. And when she sat down in front of the camera, she said the uh, upsetting event is a telephone call from a church member offering condolences after my ex-mother-in-law died. And Mm. you'll see, well, gosh, that doesn't sound like a traumatic event. Somebody calls up to to comfort you. Why would you be upset about something like that? But again, the cognitive model is is that it's not the event, but your your thoughts about it. And during the empathy phase of the session, Melanie began to cry and and, and said, Dr. Burns, I, I have to confess to you that, that my tears are not because of the, the death of my, uh, my, my ex-mother-in-law. In fact, Dr. Burns or David, I can't remember how, how she was referring to me, uh, I, I had to tell this woman who called me that my ex-mother-in-law, or that my mother-in-law, it was... The call was, comfort, I want to comfort you because of the death of your mother-in-law. And she said, I had to, to, to tell her that, that my mother-in-law did not die. Hmm. This is my ex-mother-in-law. Right. But to tell you the truth, Dr. Burns, it's even worse than that. Because you see, I have two ex-mother-in-laws. And I'm in my third marriage, Dr. Burns. And I've been married for nine years, and we, we've got a wonderful uh, relationship. But I am so ashamed of the fact that I've had two failed marriages. And I try to hide this all, all the time. But it's always eating away at me. And sometimes we'll, my husband and I will be out with another couple, and we're having fun. And I forget all about the fact that I've had two failed marriages and then I'll remember it. I'll think, oh, what if what if they find out? And then I just come come crashing, come crashing down. Yeah. And uh, and and it was uh, one of the most moving things for me when she was talking about how much pain she's been feeling. And I think many of our listeners, well, maybe you haven't had two failed marriages, but I'll bet that there's something that robs you of self-esteem. Uh, makes you feel ashamed or, or, or inadequate or, or whatever. Uh, the details of our lives are different 
but often the themes and our suffering is, is, is very, very similar. Of course, yeah. And one of the saddest things is, is she said that she had, had received all of these awards, plaques from the mayor, you know, the so much and what civic award. I think she's had gone to ceremonies where there might have been 500 or 1,000 people in the audience, you know, to honor her for for some award, yeah. some new award. And... and um, she, she said, you know, Dr. Burns, I, I keep all of these awards uh, hid, hidden in my closet in the office. And I sometimes ask workshop audiences, why do you think Melanie keeps all of these awards hidden? And uh, do, do you have any uh, theories? I'll, I'll just say ahead of oh, time, people always get a, a wrong interpretation about well, they, it. They, they can be uh, you know, all kinds of reasons, but... Uh... Now, one reason that comes to mind is, well, I, I don't deserve these awards. That's what everybody thinks, but it's not that. Yeah. She knows very well that she deserves the, the, these awards. The, the real reason is much sadder than that. Mm-hmm. Um, she keeps them hidden because she, she said there's all these last names on the awards. Uh, do, do you see? Yeah, she's yeah. had three names. Yeah, right. And she's afraid that. You know, if she puts the patient, will say, "Oh, Melanie, it's nice you got all these awards, but who are all these people? What do you have? Multiple personality disorder, mm-hmm. or what? Well, why do you have so many names?" And then she said, "Then I'd, I'd have to tell them, and I'm so I just feel so ashamed." It, uh, it's funny because I I have uh, awards with three different names myself. Oh, do you really? Oh. <laughs> I won't go into the details uh, here, but uh, my my brother too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and he he's afraid now to get married to get married to the woman he's been living with, who's just wonderful. They've had a wonderful relationship for twenty years, but they're afraid to get married for fear then he'll get divorced again. Uh. And he doesn't want to ruin a good thing. But yes, uh, so she's feeling a, a tr- tremendous tremendous pain. And then if you go to the uh, and so that's the first thing that if if you're wanting from a self help point of view or learning how to do better therapy point of view. Mm-hmm with your patients that, you know, focus on one specific moment. And so that, that's the, the upsetting moment. Now, the second download, you, you'll see there's uh, an emotions table. And there's quite a few different emotions in different kinds of categories. And I asked Melanie to circle all of the feelings that, that she was having in response to this, to this phone call. And so the first category is kind of a depressed category, and she circled the word down and put 50% on a 0 to 100, where 0 is not unhappy at all, not down at all, and 100 would be the worst depression a human being could experience. So the, the, the kind of down, depressed mood was, was moderate, not severe or extreme. The next category, she circled all of the anxiety words, anxiety, worry, worried, panicky, nervous, frightened, and estimated that at 100%, yeah. meaning the, the, the most intense anxiety a human being can experience. The next category, she circled the words guilt and shame and estimated that at 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next category, she circled inadequate, defective, and incompetent, and put ninety-five uh, percent. The next, uh, she the next category was loneliness, and she skipped that because she wasn't feeling any loneliness. The next category, she circled all of the words: embarrassed, foolish, hum- humiliated, and self-conscious. One hundred percent. Hopelessness. Uh, 
she circled, but only 25%. So she has hope that that, that was a real uh, strength. Uh, frustration, 80%, and then a lot in the anger category, mad, resentful, annoyed, irritated, 75%. So that's the second thing that, that I want you to do if you're yeah. uh, wanting to, you know, to help yourself. What, what are, are my emotions? Any comments on, on this uh, step, step two, Febreze, anything we've, we've learned here? Well, uh, you know, you can, you can see where the, the highest uh, um, emotions are, you know, anxiety, guilt, and uh, embarrassment. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely, guilt and shame and embarrassment. Yeah, and, and as as well as inadequacy. Uh, yeah, that's the, pretty high too. Yes, huge. And and another thing, uh, point maybe a selling point here. I like to, to sell team therapy because it is so radically different from almost all other forms of of psychotherapy. And measurement testing is an inherent part part of team, and. The reason that's so important here is, is you, you see, I never imagined that Melanie had any negative feelings. She was always been happy, loving, a beloved member of our, our, our group, always mm-hmm. giving to others, always con- con- contributing, and always chipper and happy and, 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 and supportive of, of everyone. Well, that's, that's the public face. You that's, know. that's the public face. And even mental health professionals get, get, get fooled and have very poor accuracy at knowing how your patients feel inside. And you can see that these feelings are the most extreme possible. If you went to the Stanford inpatient psychiatric unit and and asked our, the patients in the hospital to, to fill out these yeah. this survey, th- th- their feelings would, would not be higher yeah. be, be higher th- th- than this. And, and it's kind of sad when you think so many people, including so many listening to this podcast today, are walking around probably putting on a, a, a you know, chipper false front for others, but but really, uh, with tremendous uh, tremendous pain in, inside, and I don't think there's too many human beings who who can escape from feeling the, these kinds of intense negative feelings. At least, you know, so, so, some of the time. Yeah, no, that's that's the human condition, really. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that's step two. Now, step three. Uh, we would ask the listeners the, the question right now, wh- why does Melanie feel this way? What is the cause of negative emotions? What causes human negative feelings? Because, you know, there's Can't all believe. these theories, of, you know, chemical imbalance in your brain or troubled childhood or, you know, on and on and on. But what, what do we say is the cause of all human emotions? In cognitive theory, it's the, the, the beliefs. Yeah, the negative thoughts going yeah. through through your mind in the here and now that you, you can't, it wasn't this event, getting a friendly, comforting phone call from someone in your church, it, it, it's her negative thoughts. What is Melanie telling herself about this? And so if you download step three of the podcast, uh, which is record record your negative thoughts, you, you can see that she had... Well, 11, there were actually 15, but on the version I have in my hand here, I've only written down uh, 11 of them. But, but uh, she, she record, I said, what, what are your negative thoughts and how much do you believe each one? And uh, why don't we take turns reading them? Uh, n- number one, uh, the thought was, I am a failure. And she indicated she believed that 100%. Yeah. 
And the next one is, uh, well, she'll tell other people who will judge me, and she believed that 100%. Yes, and, and that's also one of the most common fears of the pe- therapist in our group, that people will find out how flawed we are and, then, and, 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 ju- and judge us. Her third thought was, I'm defective, 85%. Yeah. And I can't maintain a relationship, 95%. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, what, thought number five is one, you know, this is why I like to say, what are your thoughts? Write them down. Because we're all individual. And if you're treating people from a textbook or with a school of therapy or th- throwing techniques at people based on a diagnosis, you're going to miss all of these fine points. And thought number five you, in a thousand years, you would never be able to speculate that she had this thought. But the thought was, my children will be humiliated at my funeral, mm-hmm. 90%. What she meant by that was that she had this fantasy that you know she's been hiding, that she's had these two broken marriages, and then finally it comes out at her funeral. And people start murmuring and, and, and snickering, oh, did you hear that, that yeah. uh, you know, great Melanie had two failed failed marriages, some very, very sad thought. So number six is people will think I deserve to be punished, 95%. Yeah, and number seven, David, Jill, and Angela, those were the three co-therapists, may be feeling shocked and holding back as well, so 75%. So she's even thinking there in the room that the three of us are probably ju- judging her. Uh, number eight is that would mean the problem may be even worse. It would mean I really am defective, 100%. And then number nine, that would mean they're just judgmental phonies, 100%. Mm. And number 10, I might be abandoned, 100%. And then number 11, it's only safe to share my failures with others who have had failed marriages, 100%. Yeah. So now we know exactly what Melanie is thinking and feeling. Now, before we get on to using co- cognitive techniques to uh, you know, identify the distortions in the thoughts and to help her, help her turn them around, uh, we're going to do one of the newer te- techniques uh, and, and give a simple version for, for all of you listeners to do. And this is why it's, it, it's highly desirable to, to do this with paper and pencil and, and preferably to go to the website and and use the, the tools on, on the show notes, but there's something called positive reframing, which has really revolutionized uh, the, the treatment, the, the, the therapy. And, and uh, this is shown very clearly on, on the video uh, of the session as well. But when, when you do positive reframing, you, 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 you step back a, a little bit, and before you try to help Melanie change the way she, she's thinking and feeling, or, or ho- yourself, or, or whoever, whoever you're working with, you, you ask two questions about each of the negative feelings would be a simple way to do it. Uh, one question is, uh, what are some advantages to you in, in having this feeling? How will it help you? How will it benefit you? Yeah. That's one of two questions. And the, the second question is, uh, what, what is this negative feeling, or it could be a negative thought, show about you and your core values that, that's, that's positive and, and, and awesome? And this is actually the subject of your upcoming book. Oh, yeah, feeling great. A- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. And, and I, One thing I might interject, and you may disagree with me, is uh, I, I 
try never to use the terms negative feelings because for me a feeling especially because it says good things about you and it can be very um, beneficial is never negative nor positive it, it is what it is it's it's part of how we uh, we react to things and how we get information about things and that's such an important point because and we, we could have a whole other podcast on what you just said because it's so cool but the whole field is based on the fact that your depression your shame your anxiety these are mental disorders mm -hmm. defined by the diagnostic and statistical manual of the american psychiatric association mm -hmm. Uh, as if this is something bad that you have to get rid of. And that's the whole premise of all of psychiatry and psychology for the most part, all the schools of therapy, all, 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 the, all the pills. And what we're doing here is radically different. And, and we're trying to say, wouldn't it be interesting if you're suffering, you're struggling, all of these feelings, the depression, the, the shame, the anxiety, the hopelessness, the anger, uh, was actually showing something beautiful about you. Maybe this is coming from the best part of you rather than some mental disorder or, or chemical imbalance in, in the brain. So let, let's see if we can put some meat on, on our bones and, and yeah. bring this to, to life. Now let, let's start out, and it's neat that you haven't seen the video, so I'll, I'll use you as a kind of a representative of, of our audience. Let's see a if foil. we can do, do some, huh? A foil. Yeah, a foil. I was going to use that word, but I didn't know if that was the correct <laughs> word, you know. Uh, so anyway, let's start out with an, an easy one. She she feels 100% guilty and ashamed, and we can say if we had a magic button, her guilt and shame and all these negative feelings would would, would, would disappear. And I asked her on the video, you know, Melanie, if we had a magic button, would you press it? And she says, well, if it doesn't involve any work, of course I would. I want all my negative feelings to disappear. And then I said, well, we have no magic button, but we've got some fantastic uh, tools, and, and I, it's possible, and I predict your negative feelings will dramatically diminish or, or disappear completely before the end of today's uh, uh before the end of today's session, but before we do that, we, we better step back and t take a look at these, uh, you know, any benefits to, to you in feeling this way and what it shows about you that's positive and awesome. So let's start out with the guilt and shame. She feels 100% guilty and ashamed. What does that show about Melanie that's positive and awesome? What are some benefits to her uh, in, in, in feeling so if I look at the guilt to, to start with, um, feeling guilt is uh, really an admission of having power over changing your behavior and, and the way you, you do things. Because if I cannot do anything about it, why would I feel guilt? So that's, that's one of the benefits of guilt, in, in my opinion. Another um, uh, benefit of guilt would be what well, kind of, you know, keeps, helps, helps me keep a watch on on how I am living my life. Well, I love that, and, and that's also one of the benefits of anxiety. You see, that's if true, she yeah. presses the magic button, her 100% anxiety disappears. But her anxiety keeps her alert yeah. to, to make sure that she's working on her third marriage, yeah. to make that a successful one and not to make whatever whatever error she made or her ex-husband's made, yeah. uh, to, to make this a good relationship. Uh, so that's really neat. Another uh, benefit of the shame uh, is it shows her respect 
for the sanctity of marriage. It shows her value system, mm-hmm. her, her, her moral compass. You see, if she wasn't feeling ashamed, it would be like she'd be saying, oh, yes, I, I'm in my third marriage, and uh, that's just fine. Uh, if this one doesn't work out, I have a fourth husband, you know, waiting down the hall, yeah. and, and, uh, and, it's, and it's okay, do, do you see? But by feeling ashamed, she, she's saying, I, 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 I really believe in marriage and, and, and the importance of, of marriage. So it shows something really really uh, beautiful about her. Um, now, she, she's hiding uh, all, all of, hiding her failures from her patients, from her students, from the people at church, from her colleagues. What does that show about her that's uh, beautiful and awesome? She, she wants to, uh, well, she wants to project a, uh, a good image. She also wants to to be a role model for her community. Is that a good thing? Must be for her. Well, it is. Obviously, she yeah. is a role model, yeah. and the community yeah. appreciates yeah. What, what, what she's doing. And uh, it also, her anxiety shows that she doesn't want to let down her students, her, her patients, her, or her colleagues. She, she doesn't want them to feel hurt or, 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 or disappointed. Yeah. Um, now, uh, oh, by the way, I was going to do this as an exercise for the listeners. I forgot. Oh, well, we blew it. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll, we'll let them off the hook. I have another exercise yeah. for them in a, in a, in a minute. But, but that you might want to just do it as a mini exercise, just uh, stop the recording for a minute and see. And then uh, you can look at the download if you're looking on, on the website or, or just think about Melanie's negative thoughts and feelings and ask yourself, if you can identify some additional things that they, her negative thoughts and feelings show about her that's positive yeah. and awesome or some additional ang- benefits to yeah. her. You can fill a well. whole page with this. You know, we, oh, yeah. we just give a few here, but you can fill a whole page with that. Yeah. Right. So, well, imagine that they've, you've turned off your recording, you've yeah, yeah. written a few things on a piece of paper, and you've, you've turned it back, back yeah. on. Um, uh, another one that... that when she says she she's incompetent and, and defective, would you say that shows her to be a, an arrogant person or a humble person? That that seems to indicate humility. Right. Is that a good thing? Apparently. Uh, I, I would say Melanie comes across with, with great humility. Yeah. And that, that's a really a spiritual quality and is, is one of the beautiful things about her. Yeah, um, we we see uh, you just turn on the news any any night on CNN or or any news channel you you choose and you'll see a lot of people are pretty arrogant and narcissistic and and not willing to take a talk about their their own their own flaws and and shortcomings uh, and 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 would we also say that that is it true that Melanie does have many flaws? Oh. I mean, I don't know her, but, well, but without I, I would, knowing I would, her, what without knowing her, I would say yes. I don't know anybody who doesn't. Exactly. And so, is she one who denies her flaws, or is she being honest and realistic about her flaws and willing to face them? She's apparently willing to face them, at least with herself. Yes. But now, with the whole world, apparently, yes. Is that a good thing? You tell me. <laughs> what What's your opinion? Well, I think that's a good thing. Absolutely, and and I think that's a part of you know what I've learned as I've aged is is you know, really how flawed I 
I am and how accepting that is, rather than denying it and trying to be so special is really one of the keys to not only enlightenment but warm warm connections with, yeah. with, with others. Uh, uh, now, uh, another one, she's very angry, uh, Melanie, 75%. Uh, you, you'd never know that by, by talking to, to her. What, are, are there any good things about her anger? Well, um I'm not even sure what she's ang- angry at. Maybe she's angry at herself in this case. Well, let's talk about anger at herself and anger at others. Yeah. Because there um, could be some some of both going on. Yeah. Um, she she didn't seem to, um, um, to complain about other people. Well, uh, how about, about um, she'll tell other people who will judge me. Okay, so she may be angry at the people who will judge her, yeah. Yeah, and are there some people who may judge her? Most likely, yeah. Uh, is that is that worth uh, feeling some anger about? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> Not well, for me. <laughs> depends on how, how Buddhist you are, I suppose. But yeah. but I, I, I see a lot of uh, judgment. Yeah. I, I was a son of a Lutheran minister, and yeah. I, I saw people who were judgmental toward Catholics, toward toward Jews, yeah, uh, and uh, I, I felt anger yeah. about that. I, I think there is a place for uh, for some healthy anger, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think we look at the world, we see a lot of horrible things going on, not just judgment, but uh, mean spirited actions and a, a lot of abuse. That um, I, I would say your anger shows that you have have a again a moral compass and uh, that that can be very justified and, and but how about anger toward the self that was you were thinking about that is is there anything of value there well i i would say that's uh, no one way to kick one's own butt yeah yeah is that good i i think it could be yeah there's other ways but that's, sure. that's one way yeah give us failing any other <laughs> sure give, giving us a little little wake-up call provide yeah. some energy yeah. for change and certainly she has changed and and developed a you know just this wonderful yeah wonderful wonderful relationship so we could go on and on we could put, point out what's good about frustration about hopelessness about uh, uh, depression and, and and sadness she feels 50 percent sad and down is there any value in that, Fabrice, why, well, why, what's beautiful about Melanie's uh, sadness? I'm I'm always um, interested in in what makes people sad because what it tells me is what they cherish. Yes, and and that's how I know you know what what people uh, really hold dear. That's that's right. And what she's saying is she holds relationships dear. Yeah. And she's still feeling some fifty percent sadness about the the loss of these two relationships yeah. that she she was so much in love and then they fell apart. I don't know what the reasons, but I it's it's I, I my hats off to Melanie. I, I salute her for for feeling sad because you could be feeling uh, cold uh, after a broken relationship. Yeah. You know, blaming the other person and uh, having a lot of rage and and having no 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 tender feelings and and to me it's it's a beautiful thing and shows her passion for 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 marriage and for for deep relationships. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's the uh, positive reframing step. And now we will have an exercise. So this step is part of what you call agenda setting, the A uh, in team. 
Yes, the positive re- re- reframing, and that is what transformed has transformed therapy and led to not in all cases, but in many cases, including Melanie, the potential for incredibly high speed changes or recovery, whatever word you want to use, yeah. where we can frequently see a complete or near complete elimination of symptoms in just a very coarse, short course of therapy. Uh, in, in my experience, uh, often in a single extended therapy session, this was a two-hour session with 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 Melanie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're we're trying to get an awful lot done in in that in that one session. Maybe get as much done as might ordinarily be accomplished in months or even years of conventional uh, psychotherapy. Now, once we're done with the agenda setting, we're we're ready for for the. Uh, Step five, which is to to begin to challenge the negative thoughts, and the, the the first step in that is what thought, Melanie, do you want to work on first? And she wanted to work on thought number two. She'll tell other people who will will judge me, and she believed that one hundred percent. And then you'll see if you look at the downloads, you can look at the ten cognitive distortions, and we're going to do this as an exercise for you. Uh, and if, if you're in the car or something uh, and, and can't look at the download, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the quickly, we'll review the list of the 10 distortions r- right now, but we want you to see how many distortions you can find. We're going to have you stop the recording and, and see how many distortions you can find in that thought. She'll tell other people who will judge me. And here, here so, are the 10 distortions. Yeah, we distortions. need to, to list the distortions. Yeah. Uh, again... You know, you can see them on the on the, the PDF downloads. That you can just click, click, and you'll see all of this. But uh, from the website, but uh, from the show notes, but uh, all or nothing thinking. Uh, that's when you view things in absolute black and white categories, as if shades of gray don't exist. Overgeneralization, that's where you view a negative event as a never-ending pattern of defeat. So you might say this always happens, or you may be generalizing from a negative event to, to yourself, telling yourself, because I screwed up at X, therefore I'm a failure, or I'm, I'm a loser. Mental filter, you dwell on the negatives and ignore the positives. Discounting the positives is you insist, insist that your positive qualities don't don't even count. Jumping to conclusions is is a big one, uh, where you jump to conclusions not necessarily warranted by the facts. And there's two common forms: mind reading, where you assume that others are looking down on you and judging you without any good evidence, and fortune telling, you predict that that things will turn out badly. Uh, uh, magnification and minimization is just what you think, blowing things out of proportion or minimizing their importance. Emotional reasoning is a subtle but important one. You reason from your feelings. So you may be telling yourself, I feel like an idiot, so I must really be one. Or I feel hopeless, so I must really be hopeless. Should statements is massively important uh, and there's obvious and hidden should statements, but you use shoulds, shouldn'ts, must, oughts, and have tos. Like you know, I should be better than I am. I shouldn't have screwed up. Uh, I, I shouldn't have broken marriages. Would would be an mm-hmm. example. Labeling instead of saying I made a mistake, you say I'm a jerk or I'm a loser or I'm a failure. 
And labeling is just an extreme form of overgeneralization where you think your whole self, your identity, be, can be captured by a, a label. Yeah. And then uh, blame. Uh, you find fault instead of uh, solving the problem. And, and there's two common forms, self-blame, where you're beating up on yourself and saying it's all your fault, and other blame, where you're you know, blaming someone else and insisting that the problem is all, all their fault. So now... Uh, Stop Stop the recording and, and see if you can uh, jot down the distortions. And you can use abbreviations, like instead of writing out, if you think it's all or nothing thinking, you can put AON or SH for should or SB for self-blame. So see how many you can find, and then we'll turn the recording back on and tell you the ones that, that, that we found. I think we, we had uh, an episode where we went through all the distortions or... Maybe several episodes on those. Um, I can't find the uh, the, the number of the episode now, but I, I think that people can go back and, and look for that. Yeah, if you want to hear more about these uh, positive and negative cognitive d distortions. But from the, just looking at the list on the show notes, you, you should be able to find the distortions. So let's, uh, she'll tell other people who will judge me. What are the distortions in that thought? And by the way, the philosophy behind this is that when you're upset... Uh, most of the time, uh, your your suffering does not come from the event, but from a distorted perception of the event, that you're conning yourself, you're telling yourself something that isn't true, that depression and anxiety are the world's oldest cons. And, and so when you use the list of 10 cognitive distortions, you, you reveal to yourself how, how you're twisting, yeah, twisting right. things in, in, yeah. in your mind. Yeah. And so um, she'll tell other people who will judge me. Um, Have we stopped and started? Yes. Oh, okay. You, you've great. already asked people. You know. Okay, great, perfect. Um, and um, so you could think that uh, there's some black and white thinking in there, so all or nothing thinking. I, I love that. And, t and tell us why it's all or nothing, uh, Fabrice. Well, um, just from this one phone call uh, where. She might um, be uh, revealing some of her history. Automatically, she implies that this person would go from hearing this to judging and yes. telling others. Yeah, and, and, uh, yes, and concluding that she's no good. Yeah, and there's, there's no shades of gray in there. It's like this, uh, right. this really harsh view of... We're uh, not allowed to be human. We're not yeah. allowed to make mis mistakes. Yeah. Oh. Great, that's good. What, what's another one? Um. Well, um, she's doing some mind reading in there. She doesn't really know what uh, what this person is uh, is thinking, or what others would think, or what others would think. Exactly. In fact, in fact there's also some fortune telling. A a absolutely. There's this big prediction about what's going to happen. Yeah, be beautiful, beautiful. But yeah. What what other what others did you find? Um, I would uh, I would say there's uh, there's some. Um, um, discounting the positive in there. She's really judging herself harshly and she's seeing all the negative aspects of you know her prior history and what she would be disclosing. Um, but she is uh, omitting what a good person she is. Yes, and all the amazing things she does. So it's both discounting the positive and mental filter. She's yeah. only thinking about these two 
bad experiences and, yeah. and, and thinking that all of the fabulous things that she's doing and the, the beautiful relationship that she's formed and the way she's learned and growed, grown as a human being, all, all of that doesn't count. Uh, any other distortions? Um, I would say there's probably some magnification. Um, yep. For most people, uh, maybe not most people, but for a lot of people, saying that they've had uh, uh, a divorce, it's like, well, you know, sometimes things don't work out, and that's life, and, and let's move on. So it's yep. not a big deal. But for her, it's this huge deal. Right, right. Uh, any others that you saw? What what do you think, David? Well, I, I found three, um, four more. One I didn't actually put on her daily mood log. It just occurred to me now. I had overlooked it at the time. I'll come to that one in a minute. But I see it as an overgeneralization because she's saying she will judge me. You see, she'll instead of judging my behavior or, or judging this or that specific thing, she'll judge myself. She's right. generalizing yeah. to herself that herself is then not good enough. And yeah. that's one of the things I'll be writing about a lot. In fact, I have a chapter to show you if you want. I, I right. can send you a draft from the new book called, uh, Do You Have a Self? Do You Need One? Oh, that's the chapter. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd yeah. love to read that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Somebody would love to read that one. I don't know if it's myself, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she's thinking her, she has a self that's not, not good enough that will be revealed. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also emotional reasoning. I, I, I feel like I'm bad, therefore I am bad. I, I feel ashamed, therefore I must be a bad person kind, kind of thing. Um, also, it's self-blame because she's beating up on herself uh, in, in a pretty mean-spirited mean way. And then the one I recognized that I had overlooked, it's, it's a hidden should statement. Yes. And what's the hidden should, Fabrice? She shouldn't tell other people. And well, they shouldn't judge me. Right. But also, I, I shouldn't have failed marriages. Yes. I, I should be better than I, yeah. than I am. I'm not allowed to be human. I'm not allowed to make one mistake. Yeah. I'm not allowed to make the same mistake multiple, multi multiple times. Yeah. Okay. Now, the next step, once you've identified the distortion, step six is to challenge the, the negative thoughts. Now, I'm, I'm just going to go over one, one method, and if, if once I get the video posted, uh, you know, you, you, can, you can watch that. Yeah, we're, we're all, we, we need to come to the end here pretty, pretty quickly. This has been a little longer podcast, but I hope it, people will like it, but I'll, uh, I'll speed it up. The, we we developed a recovery circle, and from my list of 50 techniques, it's really more like 100 techniques now, but we, we selected 15 or 20 that would help Melanie challenge the, this, this negative thought. Uh, I won't go into all of that now, but there's just many techniques that one can use. Examine the evidence and externalization of voices, acceptance paradox, downward arrow, T technique, you know, on and on and on, the Socratic method, uh, uh, self-disclosure. But the, she said she wanted to, to start with a gentle technique, and so we chose uh, the paradoxical double standard technique. And yeah. Angela uh, did that one, and, and essentially it's based on the idea that most of us have, have a double standard uh, when we judge ourselves 
were pretty harsh, as, as Melanie is clearly being very hard right. on herself. When, when we would talk to a, a dear friend or, or a colleague or a family member, or if you're a therapist, talk to a patient with the exact same problem, we'd be more realistic and compassionate and, and supportive. And you can kind of use that double standard uh, to, to, to help patients talk back to their own negative thoughts the way they might talk to a friend. And so Angela Crum, who's a clinical psychologist at the Feeling Good Institute, uh, volunteered to, to model the double standard technique. And, uh, and, and the way you do it is she pretended she's a friend of Melanie's and with a different name, a different person, but like, kind of like a clone of, of, of Melanie's. Yeah. And then she verbalizes to Melanie that she has the same problem that, that, that Melanie's describing and asks Melanie, what do you th- think about it? I, I'm telling myself that I'm a failure. I'm defective. I'm telling myself that she's going to tell other people who, who, who will judge me mm-hmm. and then see if Melanie can talk her out of the, those thoughts. And it's one of the most amazing video segments, you know, from a therapy session you'll ever see because Melanie right away rose to the occasion and blew the negative thoughts out of the water. It's, it's very dramatic. And she's just not mouthing the, the politically correct things to say. She is blowing Angela out, out of the water. And Angela keep, keeps saying, but is it okay? You're saying it's okay if people judge me. And aren't, aren't they going to judge me and gossip about me? She, she really plays the full role of, of, of what a resistant Melanie would, would be. Yeah. And Melanie is just overwhelmingly powerful and absolutely crushes the, the, the negative thoughts. And, and I think one of the reasons, and I, in workshops when I've shown this, I've said, why did this happen so quickly? Because usually it takes months for patients to develop the ability to crush their, their negative thoughts. And then the, the reason was, was, was that because of the paradoxical agenda setting. There's something about seeing the beauty in your negative thoughts and feelings that paradoxically makes it easy to, to get rid of them. But without going into that whole amazing, it's about a 20-minute, 15-minute segment uh, where you actually just see her go from sobbing to powerful joy and believing, believing in herself, the, the, the three of the, the key positive thoughts we, she came up with, and you can click you know, on, the, on the daily mood log again, uh, the... Uh, the, the step six, she, she came up with, with three things. And the, the, the first one, and they all have to be 100% correct to, to be effective, was some people may, may judge me. Uh, she believed that 100%. Uh, most people will see the beautiful parts of my personality. She believed that 100%. And those who judge me will make themselves look bad. And she believed that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then now how much do you believe the negative thought? She'll tell others who will judge me. And then you can see if you look at the outcome, step seven on the, on the show notes, that thought went down to 35%. Now, sometimes you want a thought to go down to zero. Sometimes, you know, 35% would be good enough because in this case, there may well be some people who will judge her, 
most people won't, and so it's good enough to lower. She said that's that's plenty to, to get it down to 35%. Well, all people have to do is really crush the first negative thought, and then it's generally easy to do all the rest. And, and again, if you look at the, at the outcome daily mood log on the website, you know, she was able to uh, talk back to the thought, I'm a failure. She believed it 100%, and then she came up with, I've successfully rebounded from past mistakes and unwise choices. I was successful in refraining from allowing adversity to rob me of my current happy eight-year marriage, and besides, no one has ever said I'm a failure because of my three marriages, and she believed that 100%, and then the belief I'm a failure went down to zero, and if you look at the rest of them, you, I'm defective, went from 85 to 10%, and I can't maintain relationships, went from 95 to zero. She just blew her negative thoughts. Most of them actually went all the way to, to zero percent, and and that took not not a whole a whole lot of time after we made that first breakthrough and then the last step is once you've changed the way you think now how are you feeling and if you look again at the outcome daily mood log melanie's depression went from 50 to 0 her anxiety went from 100% to 8% she decided she wanted to keep a little bit of anxiety to stay so on her toes her, her shame went from 100 to 10. Her inadequacy and effectiveness went from 95 to 5%. Her embarrassment went from 100 to 10. Her hopelessness went from 25 to 0. Her frustration went from 80 to 0. Her anger and irritation and resentment went from 75 to, to 0%. And I would say it, it, it's fair to say that by the end of the video, she was not only free of these painful feelings, but was really in, in a state of, uh, of elation. Now, we've talked about outcome resistance and process resistance, uh, Fabrice, and yeah. out, outcome resistance is seeing what's beautiful about you, what your negative thoughts and feelings show about you that's positive and awesome. But what is the outcome resistance? What is Melanie going to have to do after today's session to, to finish off her, her treatment? Can, can you think of it? You mean the outcome or the process resistance? I'm sorry, process resistance. What, what's she going to have to do? Well, um, she's going to have to, number one, face her fears. Yes, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Will that be fun for her? I don't think so. No, no, absolutely. And that that's the confrontation, the yeah. last step in the treatment of anxiety yeah. is do do something you're afraid of. So I said, now, Melanie, uh, could could I uh, show this to the Tuesday group? Yeah, yes. Do, do you see the very yeah, people? Yeah. She didn't want them to right. see this yeah. about her. And she said, oh, yes, at the end of the video, that's wonderful. You know, that'll be great. And then she called me Tuesday morning and says, David, I've changed my mind. This is awful. They're going to judge me. Yeah. Can I withdraw permission? I said, absolutely, you can. But do me a favor. Look at the video and then call me back. Mm -hmm. So she looked at the video, called me back in two hours, and she said, Eureka, I'm cured again. <laughs> show it to the Tuesday group. And um, and so we showed it at the Tuesday group at Stanford, and people, I mean, they were tearful and so loving and, and grateful and it was just the opposite of what she'd feared instead of looking down on on melanie they they felt they told her that we feel so close to you so honored it's just like fantastic so you're you're whetting uh people's appetite now and 
When are you going to be making this video available? Well, if you encourage me, you know, I'm kind of elderly and low-tech. I just have to call the WordPress.com people and ask them, how do I do set up a store on the oh, website? Oh, so you don't, you don't have one. No, okay. but it'll probably take 10 minutes. They're so right. good at showing you how to okay. do these things. And, and then I've got them in the garage and just a matter of getting some things to mail them okay. to, to people in. But uh, and, uh, So that was huge. And, and then the next thing is I had the summer intensive where there was going to be 100 and we limited to 130 people. But these are all the Bay Area therapists who are coming for my four-day intensive in South San Francisco. Yeah, Conference it's a great Center. workshop. You know, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and we're going to do it again this summer at the same location, the yeah. South San Francisco workshop. And she said, um, uh, yes, absolutely, show it. Show the whole video. Mm -hmm. Like to, this was her her deepest fear, and then I I showed it, and again people were blown away. Every time I show it, I I have tears in my eyes. I'm so proud of her, mm. and uh, people were just thought, oh gosh, this is unbelievable. But you always have a naysayer in a workshop, and so some fellow raised his hand and said, oh yes, but th this was you know six months ago. You know anyone can do a flash in the pan. You know which isn't true. I don't know many therapists who can cause symptoms to disappear in a single therapy session. Mm -hmm. But, you know, someone has to be kind of holier than thou and yeah. say, how is she feeling now, type of thing. You know, did it last? You know. Yeah. Well, they, he didn't know she was there. Hmm. So she jumped up and says, yes, I'm here. <laughs> state of, still in a state of euphoria. And then everyone hmm. gave her a standing ovation. Yeah, It great. was so fantastic. Great. And then she went even more extreme Remember, she was afraid to have her students see this about her. Ah, yes. And then she required her her uh, internship students to watch the Melanie video as a part of their training, so they'd be more comfortable doing their own per personal work. Well, that's it, and I have a couple wrap up statements. Um, it, it's a fantastic thing when you change the way you think, you can change the way you feel. We've made it look easier than it is because it's often hard to find a way to talk back to your own negative thoughts. So make sure you look at the resources uh, to, to, to help you learn the many, many techniques. The, the Feeling Good Handbook is a top choice for that. The book When Panic Attacks has 40 of the techniques in it. And, of course, Feeling Good, the New Mood Therapy, is, is, is a classic. And what you just went through, I also want to, to specify, is also what you do when we, we broadcast live sessions. Yes. You, you go oh, through yes. those steps. Oh, yes. The, and next week. And next week, we're going to We're going to show another mind-boggling one. Yes, yes. With, 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 with Daisy. Th yes. This will blow your mind, yes. too. And what a wonderful gift Daisy is, is giving us. Yeah. Uh, a woman who's feeling inadequate, inferior, because she's having trouble getting pregnant. And, and then all the messages from society, women are supposed to have babies, and you're not allowed to be happy if you don't have yeah. babies, and all of these things, yeah. and that's very moving. And so you go through Mood Journal, and all the steps that you described today, yeah. you do them in the live session yeah. uh, without necessarily describing what you're doing. So yes. it's good that people know, you know what the step-by-step -step is. Absolutely. And here's my wrap-up points here, and you can add... add to this if you want. But one is that the the, the, the real problem uh, is not the events of our life or, or your success or failure, but 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 the, the, the thoughts that, that we have about them. Your thoughts create your moods. 
and when you're depressed, you'll 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 be uh, talking to yourself in, in a distorted way, telling yourself things that aren't true. When you have low self low self esteem, uh, but you won't know you're you're fooling yourself because the thoughts are as seductive or real as the fact that there's skin on your hands, uh, and. Uh, uh, and I guess that that's that that that's the main the main point there, and 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 that by, by by you know working with a daily mood log, focus on one specific moment. Don't try to solve your problems in some general way. Just focus on on one moment, and then say, what was what what are my feelings? What what am I telling telling myself? What are my negative thoughts? And you can identify the distortions. And then challenge those negative thoughts. And when you change the way you think, you can you can change the way you feel. And it's one of the most fantastic things in the world uh, when when you recover from depression or shame or low self esteem or anxiety. It, it's it's a mind blowing uh, blowing experience. And I believe it's possible for every human being. Well, I would uh, put an addendum to this. You know, like when we have some emotions. We take them so damn seriously. Like, I'm feeling sad, so I'm feeling sad. That's part of life. Yeah. What's the big deal? It's just telling me what I'm attached to. Yeah. And yeah. there we go. Yeah. Telling not, us something beautiful if we can learn how to listen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, let's listen to the sadness. Yeah. Rather than telling ourselves I'm defective, I have a major depressive disorder, yeah. I have to take antidepressants, all yeah. this, this, this kind of thing. A great thought. Well, thank you, Fabrice. Thank you, David. Yeah. See you next week. This has been another episode of the Feeling Good Podcast. For more information, visit Dr. Burns' website at feelinggood.com where you will find the show notes for this podcast under the blog page and where you can leave your comments and questions. The website has an abundance of resources for therapists as well as non-therapists, including books, workshops, a list of online training groups around the world, and much more. Theme music is Gypsy Jazz in Paris, 1935, composed and performed by Brett Van Donzel. I am your host, Fabrice Nye, and I invite you to join us next time for another episode of the Feeling Good Podcast.